two takes from the nosebleeds. Alright, so welcome back to episode five of Takes with the Nosebleeds. Um, just myself and Luke here. Uh, Cole and Joey are uh, not here this recording this evening. Uh, they have prior arrangements that they are doing. They should be back next time, though. So for those of you who miss them, don't worry. They're not gone. Full. They're not They're not always gone. They will be back. I stuttered completely, but it's okay. Uh, me and Luke here, yeah. we got a yeah. lot to unravel. Uh, I guess we'll start with the trade, the NHL trade deadline, which was this past uh, this past Monday. Uh, this is Saturday night, the 29th, on a leap year. Because why not? we got to do something on the leap year. Why not record stuff? Because it's the only day we'll be able to do that. Um, so, yeah, NHL trade deadline for our hockey listeners has come and gone. A lot of notable trades. Which trade caught your eye as far as, like, which one did you not expect, Luke? I think it has to be the obvious one of um, Robin Leonard to Vegas because I don't know exactly how bad of a situation the goalie situation is over there. So I really thought to myself that Vegas is actually trying to find a way to compete again in the division. So that really brought me to a surprise. Yeah, that one kind of, like, came out of nowhere. Like, I, I knew that he was going to get dealt because, you know, Chicago didn't have much to deal, and they weren't going to go ahead and just trade Crawford. So if it was between the two, it was most likely going to be Leonard that went. First of all, the move to Vegas was odd. I did not expect that because, I mean, I knew Vegas had a backup issue, but I didn't think that they would go and get a starter to help, like, Platoon. And the fact that they're only paying him, like, literally not even half of his contract, because he made, what, five? And he's only getting paid, like, 1.5, which is unfair. But, um, yeah, so that's the deal. Uh, for those of you who don't know the deal, I'll try and break it down, because it's very confusing. And when I heard about it originally, I was very confused. So... It's a three-team trade, which we all know how exciting those are. So the Chicago Blackhawks acquired Malcolm Subban, Slava Demin, I believe that's how you say his name, and a 2020 second-round pick, trading him to the Toronto Maple Leafs first, so the Leafs could retain uh, 2.5 of Leonard's salary. Uh, In exchange, Vegas gave up a fifth-round pick to the Leafs, uh, and... And the Golden Knights acquired Robin Lehner and Martin Jerkles. I believe that's how you say his name. If I mispronounce it, I apologize. Um, who was a Leaf prospect. So just to break it down, Chicago gets a very... Do I even call him a prospect anymore? Because, like, Subban's what, 26? Um, like, no, no, Subban? I'm talking about, I don't I'm talking think he's been really much of a prospect. Yeah, he's been. I think he's been playing around for a little bit, like at least a couple of years. So I wouldn't call him much of a prospect. Yeah, he's basically a roster player who like hasn't done enough in the yeah in the NHL. In the time like, he's he's had some, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's had some stints and like hasn't been good. Uh, Slava Demin, I don't know anything about. Um, when I wrote my article, well, I wrote an article for OTH, but this was for the Pacific Division. When I had to talk about. Uh, what Vegas acquired, 
uh, Demean actually did not come up in the uh, search bar for uh, for players on Hockey Reference, which was really weird. Same with Angus Redmond, who was another player who got dealt. Uh, those two names didn't come up. Everyone else did. But uh, I guess to uh, paint the picture on him, he's an unsigned forward or unsigned defenseman out of the University of Denver. Um, fourth round pick of Vegas. Not much to look at. Like, it's a maybe. And, like, Chicago needs defensemen, but, like, I don't know, like, the, the you know, the direness to add one. Um, but, yeah, Leonard of Vegas was weird. Um, for me, I think it would have to be the trade that sent Vincent Trocek to the... Yeah, to... Uh, yeah. To the Carolina Hurricanes because I was like, yeah, what? I saw that, and I I remember. Did you um see um Johnny Johnny Gaudreau try to take off um Calgary Flames on his Twitter several times? Which is I think is only one time he did that. Yeah, and then on deadline day he like yeah, and I saw Ranger practice. and I saw Ranger fans thinking that because they thought they were gonna trade. Oh wait, oh actually that's a later trade. We'll talk about that a little later. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Trocheck was weird. Like, okay, for like, when you're in a playoff race, why would you trade arguably your second best center on the team? Is beyond me. Um, like, I don't know if like, well, like Florida's weird because I don't know if you were watching uh, or following any trade deadline coverage, but uh, for our Canadian listeners, uh, I was watching the Sportsnet coverage first half of the day. Uh, and Chris Johnson, what? who was breaking deals, said that the Panthers... Why are you watching TSN? I mean, just a quick oh, question. Yeah. Why are you watching TSN? I... Yeah, I, I was flipping yeah. back and forth. Would TSN be better? Oh, I like... Uh, both are okay. Both have play, both people that I like. So, like, I was kind of just flipping back and forth. Whichever one was on commercial, I went to the other one. Um, but I was on the Sportsnet one, and Chris Johnson said that apparently the Panthers' ownership wanted to shed $10 million from their, like, total spending, like, from their team spending, I guess, on players. And I heard that, and I was just like, well, $10 million is wrapped up in one player. Like, I don't understand that. Like, you're, you want to get rid of $10 million, yet you signed another guy for $10 million. Like, like, help me out here. Does that make any sense? Because, like, I'm just, I'm confused. Like, I don't know no, what I don't it, think it is. I don't think it does. Because I'm not sure with the Panthers and what they are trying to do. But I feel like they're trying to... Just hear me out on this. I feel like they're trying to use extra money because of all that money they spent on Sergei Bobrovsky. So I feel like they're going to try to maybe get rid of him just to maybe fill out more money to get better players. Well, I don't think they are going to get rid of him. Because I think, like... Okay, obviously it hasn't worked in year one. But a contract like this to move after year one is basically telling your fan base like horribly like hey we, we screwed up we, we don't want to go ahead and and uh we want to try and take this trade back so we can use this money elsewhere and like yeah that's what i at, meant yeah that's what i oh, meant yeah, i was yeah. saying i was just saying they were saving money yeah they're just trying to save money because they spent on the deal i wasn't saying that they were gonna try to trade the away or anything i'm just saying they tried to project away because they have to save money after acquiring Bobrovsky doing like doing like last year. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. And like I'm looking yeah, at that's, Florida. That's and, what I, yeah. 
and it's weird because like they have like now three guys coming up, um, expiring UFAs: Hoffman, Dadnov, and now Halla, who they got back in the uh, trade. Um, which like I don't really know. Like I don't know if this is the Panthers' way of saying we want to make a move, but we don't want to like you know lose too much. Like I get yeah. teams that are contending; they want to make like moves that make sense. But like this one didn't really make sense, like because the Hurricanes already have two guys who could play in the top six, Aho and Stahl. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like the Hurricanes were all over uh, this year's deadline. They acquired Damon Severson from a trade, and they also acquired Brady Shea from uh, yeah, the Devils and Rangers. They acquired both of them, and. I'm just no, I'm I'm saying uh, letting Damon. I mean, not Damon Stevenson. I mean, uh, what's his name? Stevenson. 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 Yeah, the other right-hand guy. Yeah, Stevenson. Stevenson. Y
So I think that's one of the reasons why I feel like, you know, the Devils may have conferenced him and they're like, hey, we're going to move you. You know, like, what teams do you want to move to? And I know, I think Wayne Simmons said, like, you can know better because you're a Devils fan. I think he said he didn't want to get moved, right? I can't remember if he actually said that, but I remember um, uh, our GM, Tom Fitzgerald, did not want to move Kyle Palmieri, which is a great thing because um, I don't think we would have traded him. I think, I just think it's great that we didn't move Palmieri because he was, he's the only player on the Devils who actually feels more like a player that can stick around and really help the team. I really think that even with the young, how young the Devils are, I feel like Palmieri has to stick around for a long time, and that's the the thing why Naz didn't trade him. Uh, I mean, I mean Fitzgerald didn't trade him in the first place. Yeah, uh, I mean, I understand like the need for like veteran presence, and like going into next year, I think this is going to be a huge year for for New Jersey. But they made out really good at the deadline, uh, considering they got three first rounders. Yeah, which... yeah they did. Yeah, Blake Coleman to Tampa. That was a great. That was a great move. I like that because it really. And we got we got some good. We got some good players back from that. While talking about Tampa and Andy because, Green, yeah, Andy Green to the Islanders, which is a bit strange, but since he was the longest player, I think he's like yeah, the second longest player or the first longest player. Yeah, him and him and Travis Zajac are the two longest players, which who are who are still playing with us. So. Yeah, I mean, Andy Green was our captain, so I think we have to figure out who's going to be our captain next year, which is a big decision that's going to come in the future. But I mean, this trade really kind of, um, kind of took us took us by surprise as well. I think like before we go back on to like, because I want to talk about Tampa in a second. Uh, if I had to pick a captain like for the Devils right now, I don't like. Okay, I would make the argument Nico Heischer, but he's still very young. He's only twenty one. Yeah. yeah. But I said, but here's the thing. I feel like Kyle Palmieri, who's been here longer than both Nico's yeah, this year. Yeah, that's probably you can make the argument that. That's, yeah, that's what I think, but a lot of fans think that it should be um, Nico Heischer because he's been around for at least like two, three years already. But I feel like Palmieri, who's been with us since 2015, and he knows more about the team than like Palmieri, Hughes, and all the other guys. I mean, aside from Zajac, but... I feel like Palmer is the definite version of the captain. I really think he should be the captain for next year. Yeah, that's more of the logical one. Like, I feel like the logical one would probably be Travis Zajac because he's been there the longest. Yeah, yeah because he's been, yeah, cause he's been around the team since, like, 2007. Yeah, like, he's been on the team for, like, well over 10 years, so that makes the most sense. Yeah. I think him or Palmieri are probably going to be the most likely uh, yeah. the guys that end up being... Like the oh yeah, because like Nico Heischer already has an A. I think an A is fine for right now. Yeah. If you want to talk like maybe like yeah. year two or year three into his extension, then maybe. But now yeah, I think maybe like, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it's exact and then maybe Palme that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. Uh, to Tampa, which is weird. Um, I don't know what like I looked at some of the moves that the Lightning made and I was just like okay. You know, a first for Blake Coleman at the time, it may seem like a little much, but considering Tampa's going to finish high in the standings and, and they are looking to go for a cup run, that deal is basically going to look like they're going to give up a second-round pick because it's gonna, they're aiming to have that pick go so high. So that's that trade. I understand, you know, the need for Coleman. He could play all three sides of the – or all three positions at forward – uh, he's scored 20 goals this year. He could, if he 
heats up, he could hit 30. Uh, I don't think he has any goals so far uh, in, like, a few games with Tampa. Um, like, uh, no, because signs, I think they're just going to rely more on uh, Stamkos, Kuchuav. I feel like he's not really going to be uh, up yeah, well, there well, yet. Yeah, but funny you mention that. In terms, of, in terms of just – oh, yeah, that's right, the news today. Yeah. About, um, about uh, Stamkos being out for 68 weeks with a core Stamkos muscle. Stamkos, yeah, being out for – yeah. Yeah, that's right. So with that in mind, uh, that kind of opens the door for maybe a guy like Coleman to come in and step up and pop a few in. Because like he was playing like what on the second or third line? Because they didn't give up a fourth. To really play this guy I wasn't paying attention to him after the trade, so I, yeah, I wasn't. I really wasn't paying any attention. Yeah, um, but I feel like okay, you put Coleman most likely on the on the second line now with the injury to Stamkos. Um, and he'll probably, you know, show up on the score sheet a little more. Um, yeah, like, I, I understand, like, that move. The Bogosian deal, I mean, it's another defenseman, but I don't know why he wanted to go to Tampa. I think he personally reached out to Tampa because he's like, hey, I want to go and win a cup, like, now. I feel like that's the thing. I feel like, you know, teams get so disgruntled with their old team. Like, Shattenkirk got bought out. And then Tampa's like, hey, uh, hey you want to, like, come and be with us? And they're yeah, like, yeah. Use, yeah. Um, and then Bogosian probably got the same deal because, like, he really did not want to play in Buffalo. And now here's Tampa. They're like, hey, we'll give you a one, a one-year deal. And they're like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll come and, you know, try to win a Stanley Cup. You know, most likely I would say win a Stanley Cup. And looking at the score sheet, right, okay, yeah, Coleman hasn't scored a goal yet, but he has an assist. Um, in a few games, or at least two assists with uh, okay. the yeah with the lightning. So I mean, like so, he's he's there, yeah. but he's not okay. He only has one point. In, he's not making it like a big presence. He's not like making the big presence that yeah. Um, yeah. I think what it is with with especially with Barclay Goodrow, giving up a first for him was weird. Um, but I do believe the reason yeah. why Tampa gave up a first round pick is because they have them for next year. And, you know, they can use these guys next year because um, they only have, like, looking at their forward core right now, the only players that are up next year are going to be Pat Maroon, who probably won't come back, uh, Mitchell Stevens, who I don't know what they're going to do with, Anthony Sorelli, who will probably get a, a very significant raise, and then Carter Verhage, who will not make much. Like, he's a fourth-line player on this team. Um, but... You know, we, we really don't know. Also, speaking of Tampa, which I'll go ahead and touch on them. I looked at the uh, voting rankings so far right now for like each individual trophy. I don't understand why Vasilevsky is currently in the league for the Vesna. Like, I'm sorry, he's a yeah. I think it's even long to like maybe like like hope like is Hopian like is, is oh, Hopian no, no 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 Hopi's having a bad year. He's very no, very no. bad. If I had to pick a goalie right now so, to go so what about, with... What about Binnington? Yeah, is Binnington... I think Binnington should be first because I feel like he's... The Blues this year are, are really going to... They're really trying to defend their title, and I really think that they could do it. Binnington um, great. Yeah, just looking at Binnington right now, uh, he's got a, only a 9-10, really? I thought he would have a lot higher. Um, I'm trying to, yeah, I, I think, to be yeah. honest, if he wasn't hurt, I would say Ben Bishop would take it because he's been consistent, like, for 
basically like the only down year that he had yeah. was like when he was in St. Louis when his career started. Like once he went to Ottawa, he was great. Once he went to Tampa, he was elite. And ever since he went to Dallas, he's been great. Like he's I like a nine twenty one and forty two. I would argue okay, Ben Bishop's getting a nod. Like if I had to pick the three Vesna candidates right now, I would go Ben Bishop number one. Number two God, what would I do? Number two Let's see. Let's see. I I wanna say no, go ahead. Because I, I can't think of my number two like definitive yet. Let me just see if I can find some business, the Vezina Trophy winner. Oh, okay. I, I think I have. I think I have my three. This is like statistically. So number one, Ben Bishop. Like oh, oh, Fredrick. Yeah. Uh, what about Fredrick Anderson? Or... No. I know I'm sorry. Okay. Like Freddie. Okay, that was, I, yeah, I love Freddie, but no. Okay, here are my, here are my three. Number one is Ben Bishop. We've been through that. Number two is Connor Hellebuck. Because without that guy, Winnipeg doesn't come a chance close to a playoff spot. Like he's been their backbone yeah. for a long time. Like I think, I think Hellebuck has a really strong chance of not just getting nominated but winning it. If I had to pick a number three, it's really really hard. But I can't pass this up, even though I think he might. I don't know what the call the rules are. Uh, Tristan Yari. Tristan Jari deserves the Vesna, in my opinion, this year. He's he's cooled down a little bit now. You don't think so, no? Or do you think like 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 I I I don't know. Like here's the thing. Like he's just been so good this year, and without him, Pittsburgh wouldn't be where they are. So. Oh yeah, uh, I I I would say Tuku. What about Tuku Vas? Tuku Vas has been great this year. Yeah, without his concussion, I would say Rask. I'd say Rask probably gets the third nod, probably over. Um, who, I don't even. Why did I just forget who I just say? I'm, I'm so. Oh, Tristan Jari. He would get the nod over Jari for sure. I'd say it would probably go Rask, Bishop, Halbuck. That would be my three. If it's Vasilevsky, I, I don't think so. Like he had a really slow start to the year. Um, but yeah. Um, going back to Tampa, like. I get the moves that they made. Some of them were just a little, eh. But I think with Stamkos going down, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a big loss. But that team's so well built that yeah. like you completely forget that Stamkos is their not just their captain, but like I forgot Stamkos was on their team, and he's had like the quietest 66 point season. Like yeah. no one talks about like it. You, yeah. Do you think that Tampa is gonna be either? so good they're going to either get swept out of the first round again or do you feel like they're going to maybe this is well, a question to you know well okay with with that in mind um i don't see that because while well, one tampa's going up against the leafs projected right now and i think they oh, yeah. would okay they wouldn't sweep uh, them if the Leafs played like they you did would at least, on the right side at least you can actually have a chance to be the team that's not Boston, at least. Sure, yeah. Like, I think, like, that, that series could go the distance. I don't know about seven, but six, definitely. I think they definitely could go six. Uh, obviously, it depends on what Freddie Anderson shows up. But, you know, he gave them a chance to win on uh, – or, you know, the team somehow squeaked out a victory on uh, on Tuesday, which was needed, uh, considering the Leafs didn't do anything at the trade deadline, which I stand by, which I'll get to in a minute. But with Tampa, like, 
I don't know what they really like. They've lost. They've lost like uh, four out of their last six games. They won today, um, but like they kind of struggled a little bit. I don't know what it is. Like, I think what it is is they kind of want to like. I don't know if it's like they just are going through a rough patch or the new guys that are coming in are not gelling very well. Like, I don't know if you saw the highlights from the Leaf game on Tuesday, um, but Braden Point got a shot right to the plums, which was not fun. Like, that hurt a lot. Like, I don't know if you saw that, but that hurt a lot. Um, I think it's just... I mean, but you still still won that game, though, at least. Yeah. Like, it's... And it's also, like, like it's, it's the same thing with Pittsburgh right now. Pittsburgh's lost, like, uh, oh, I think well, they've lost five yeah, in a row. I feel like Pittsburgh can go, I feel like Pittsburgh can go to this one to try to get to the, the yeah. top, not to the top, but at least to the make a good pace of being there. So. Yeah, the moves that Pittsburgh made, I think I think we're good. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I wasn't really paying attention to Pittsburgh, really. I, didn't, I, I didn't, Like, for me, Pittsburgh. like, I, like Marlowe makes sense, and you get two players that you can use in exchange for one. Give yeah, it. I don't I, feel like Marlowe's that great anymore. Even though he wasn't saying that, he didn't really do anything. I really don't think he really did much. I think what it is is that every team that I feel like wants to make a run at the cup, there's always one team that has to go and make like the the what I call what I deem the Ray Bork trade, which is basically. Go and get a guy oh, who is a yeah, yeah like who's a veteran and then like try and win a cup with them like yeah like, like I think I feel like it's sort of like what we did I mean it's not similar but it's like what we did with um uh Pat Maroon we got him in 2018 and then we went to the playoffs that year I feel like that was the guy that we got even though we didn't get that far I feel like that was kind of um like what you just mentioned with the Ray Bork. Yeah, like teams do that all the time. Like Chicago did that with uh, with Kimo Timonen in in, uh, in 2015, and they did that with Mikael Hansus in 2013. Like, oh, okay. like I get the the mantra behind it, and like it's only seven hundred thousand. Like that's a nothing trade, cap wise. Getting Connor Sheary back is also yeah. funny, because they're like, hey, yeah, it actually is. They're like, hey, you go – like, I don't know what it is, but this is the second trade that Pittsburgh has made with a team that they'll tr- they'll either trade a guy or get a guy and then flip him to the same yeah. team that he was originally with. Like, there was that Jamie Alexiak trade. Uh, yeah. That one was trade I saw, not, not, I mean, there's one uh, trade I was looking at yesterday that, that you just reminded me of. I just can't remember what it was. I think you – I can't remember what it was. Which, which team did it involve? I don't remember. It was either with the Flyers or something. I can't remember. Because I was doing an article yesterday about Scott Stevens, and I was just into Wikipedia and stuff. I wasn't really... I just... I don't know. It's just... I think... It, oh, wait. I think it's uh, Ron Hextall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand that. Also, yeah, it would have yeah, been really... Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think you, I think like the Devils made out really well going into and after the deadline. Like, okay, they got a not so great return for Taylor Hall that they could have gotten. Oh yeah, but they did get some a good a few good prospects from other teams, and I'm actually yeah. really um, excited to see what these prospects can do, and especially with the future because I really want to see one prospect of ours who we didn't trade, but 
I want to see Ty Smith come up because he just had an eight-game performance, um, I believe, yesterday. With... Yeah, you're right. I, I saw that, and I was like, hmm. Because he's – what year was he drafted again? He was drafted 2016 or 15. 20... I guess I'll, I'll – oh, he's 19, so it was last year. Yeah, it was 20 – or two oh, years ago, uh, 2018. Yeah, yeah, the uh, 2020 team draft, 17. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, yeah, I, I think he, I think the Devils desperately need like him on the team, like because I know oh, they're really good. Like their defensive. I was watching because I was watching the LA King, Devils Kings game earlier, and we went to overtime, and we did not do a thing. Like we got a single shot off, and then we. You, if you watched it, it just proved why Devils have no defense whatsoever, like at all. Well, that and, and three on three overtime is such a you know a, a niche for for fans because you know it's basically you know one rush up one way, run rush, rush up the other way. So it's kind of it's kind of like that. I get I get why some people don't like it, but like it's just it's fun. Like it's it's an exciting like five ten minutes or so. Like, I dig that a lot. Um, one team that really was interesting to follow, at least all day, was the Islanders. Um, because they got oh, yeah. pa- they got yeah. Pajot, they overpaid got for Pajot. Oh, Pajot, yeah, definitely. He's really, he's been one of, I think, I feel like the, the Islanders definitely got something great with Pajot because he's been scoring, I think, almost in every game he's been playing in some. Yeah, he's got two goals and, and two, and I think the Islanders played, or they got shut out today. Um, so oh yeah, by, right. by the Bruins. Yeah. But yeah, two could like goals in two out of three games. It's not bad, but it's also like I don't know what this team is doing cap wise because they like they have three million dollars in cap space. I don't know how, but I guess this is because they they have some injuries, but like they have too many bad contracts on that roster. Like, you know, Cal Clutterbuck is awful. Uh, Leo Komarov is not worth that money. I'm sorry. I love Leo, but he's not worth three. Um, they have to pay Matt Barzell. Like, and then there was also that rumor that Lou Lamorella wanted Zach Parise, which would have been amazing if that happened. Yeah, I saw that. And I, I would have – And to be fair, though, I feel like the Islanders would have done that, and I wouldn't have minded because I would love to see how Lou Lamorella and Zach Parise came back, come back together to see if they could – Maybe another way things out. And like win a Stanley Cup, basically. Yeah, like that. Yeah, like that. That would. I wonder you if like. The other, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Sir. No, no, no. I I was wondering like did that. So, I was wondering how that trade fell apart. I think it's. Be, I I got. Let me look it up. Let me see if uh can figure that out. But while we're doing that, um, did you happen to see the trade uh to Andreas Anthony to see you to the Oilers? Yeah, I was actually just about to talk about the Oilers, so uh, that was a good segue there. Um, I actually really like the moves that uh, the Oilers made. It sucks that both, that two out of three of them are now backfired because Athanasiu and Green are both hurt. Um, but when that team's healthy, I think I think the Oilers are are good not just for this season but for down the line. Like getting Athanasiu, first of all, I didn't know that the Rangers were or the Rangers. What am I saying? The Red Wings. Uh, were willing to deal him, but the fact that they were were very good, and they have so many players that are okay. uh, that yeah. are up 
that they can easily like okay, try. So here's the, uh, yeah, so here's an article explaining about why the Zach Parisi thing in fell through. Uh, Lutrax okay, did not two words of one stone by dealing with Minnesota Wild in a single trade. We bought we stopped bringing Zach Parisi and Miko Koivu, but with Koivu mixing to move his no trade, it fell through and Lubot and John Gabriel Pagio instead. Oh, okay. So I think, I guess, like, meant what people thought was there were two separate moves that they both wanted. But, okay. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Because, like, Koivu, yeah, I understand that. But they, I think center wise, they got a better center in, in Pajo than, uh, than Koivu because yeah. obviously they locked him up. Yeah, Koivu, yeah. Because, yeah. like, I know people don't really like rentals. They want, like, people that are more so, like, that have term. And since they managed to lock him up, you know, with some term, uh, I understand that move. Um, but going back to the Oilers really quick, um, this team had a lot of bad luck, but they somehow managed to do well. Like, you lose Mike Green for two to four weeks, they're still going to be good. Like, they lost Connor McDavid for, what, two weeks, three weeks? And they were still playing good hockey, which, like, I think that's kind of what yeah. I like to see. Like, teams that are... Yeah. struggling but managed like p- players coming and picking up the pieces like if yeah. mcdavid goes down okay dry is gonna come and pick up like yeah. to be honest i don't know if this is a good comparable but the oilers are quickly i think down the line going to be the pittsburgh penguins of the future because so Dreisaitl- they're gonna just, but they don't have a do they have a, like a Sidney crosby or Kenny malkin type player though well they uh, have they have, they have, they have, they have yeah, yeah. You know, with Dreisaitl, I think personally, he's earned, like, he's basically earned the respect of everybody. Like, when he signed that contract in, uh, I think it was, what, 20, yeah, it was 2017, 18, he signed that contract. Or no, 16, 17, he signed that contract. And then 17, 18, he was like, okay, okay, like, he's not bad. Then he had 105 points, and everyone was like, wow, okay, that's, that's pretty damn good. Now he's got 99 points and leading the league, and yeah. he's, he's going to basically be well above a point-per-game player. Like, the Oilers, are, they struck gold. Like, 8.5 for that, oh, yeah. like, that, that's nothing. And I think they really did well with that. And, okay, Zach Cassian deal aside, and, like, the Oilers aren't that bad. Like, they're going to be... Do I think that they're going to win a Stanley Cup? I don't, I don't know. Because no, yeah, of course. I don't think they're ready yet. Not I, yeah. Ready. You won't come there. Yeah. To me, this is going to be like... You know when Pittsburgh made the Cup Final in 08? Uh, Mo- no, yeah, at, 08 and then 09. Yeah, and then 09 like, they yeah. won it. That's what I think might happen. If they, yeah. if they make it, they'll go to the Cup Final, not win it. They'll lose in the close game. And then they'll be so pissed yeah. off and hunger fueled that 2021, yeah. yeah. they'll want to go and win a yeah. cup. But then who I, would be the Detroit Red Wings of that scenario then? Well, I mean, in that scenario, it would be a team. Like, the Red Wings were already kind of like the old, grizzled, established team. And, like, looking at the league right now, there, there really isn't. A, like, okay, in the East, the easy answer would be the Bruins. Because they've been, been they've, they've been on that side yeah, so they've been to the final just last year. They yeah. Yeah, and they just were. Um, you know what? Screw it. The Washington Capitals. Capitals because they yeah. are leading the Metro and they. 
That's what I think, yeah. I think, like, it's going to be, like, almost like a passing of the torch, kind of. Yeah. It sucks that, like, Eichel and the Sabres weren't good because then, like, you could have, like, those two yeah. go in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, uh, what's it? Like, the the Crosby Malkin. Not Crosby Malkin. Crosby Ovechkin. Oh, yeah. Like, the... Yeah, like the Crosby Ovechkin uh, like thing, yeah. Like the oh, like how all the times the Penguins and uh, Capitals been starting the playoffs, yeah. Yeah, kind of like something like that. But then they would yeah. have to go all the way to the Cup final for it to really be a rivalry. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I would mind now if um, the Red Wings and Avalanche get good again. Geez, now we can actually see them in the final without. And I would love to see how to in in um to reinvent the rivalry like they used to do. Uh, oh yeah, then that. That. Well, the, the rivalry kind of died. I don't want to say it died, but like it's died down. Yeah. That's a better way to say it. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Red Wings are not going to be nearly as bad as they are next year, like this year, next year. Like I think Steve Eiserman yeah. is going to like yeah, clean but, house. No, but my question is, why haven't they still fired? Uh, yeah, they still haven't fired the coach yet. Why haven't they done that yet? I guess because they figure, like, you know what, like. Why bother wait? To, like, why bother do it now? And we're just gonna do it at the end of the season. It's kind of like Ottawa last year. It's like or two years ago. No, it was last year though. Like, okay, let's fire Guy Boucher like on a random like Tuesday afternoon when there's no games. Like, why can't you just wait until like the remainder of the games are played? Because like everyone's played at least sixty, at least sixty three to sixty five games. There's at least another like 20 left like just let them play the other 20 like i know like it, it, it may sound like torture and especially like for the team like they're going down as like one of the worst teams in nhl history and they like want this season to be over oh, yeah. but yeah, yeah like, i don't like i think the red wings i think they should have sold a little more but again like what do you sell yeah. Yeah, uh, I guess, yeah, like, there isn't really that much. Like, I guess to wrap up the deadline, uh, biggest losers to, okay, like, Minnesota didn't make a trade, but I think they won on the Minnesota, Zerg. Yeah, Minnesota did not do anything, yeah. Uh, I'll let you go first on the you, losers. Say your question not, first, and then, we'll, and then we'll go to I was going to say, uh, did you, like, did you, do you consider the Devils losers or not? I know, then I would. But I think it would, they wouldn't be losers because they at least acquired at the, some good stuff. at the deadline. No, I thought they did really well. They sold players that I thought were going to okay, get stuff. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and no and no one foot. The fact that you got that prospect is pretty oh, good. Oh yeah, that's why we got him. That's right. Like that's a good player to help I build your prospect. I was thinking about earlier. I just couldn't remember his name. And you have three first round picks this year that could be at the oh, late. Yeah. Like, if Arizona misses the playoffs, you could have another oh, first round pick. Great. Yeah, we have another first round pick. Yeah, and so just, and you get Vancouver's, which could be later. Yeah, so like you could have oh, like Vancouver's because we traded. Yeah, because we traded Domingue to Vancouver. Yeah, well, like the, the the first round pick that you got from Tampa was Vancouver's first round pick that they got in the GT Miller trade. Yeah, so that's why like yeah. that kind of correlates. But you can literally have like a pick in the top ten, a pick in the top like fifteen to twenty, and then like twenty yeah. to thirty. Which is pretty good. good I mean, as long, I mean, if we win the if we win the draft lottery, this proves that we didn't scale the hall in the first place. I think it's really just lucky. Oh, absolutely. Also, Martin Marinchin just scored a goal while we're recording this. Hell is frozen over the end. Did you see? Did you see uh, Bobby Ryan's hat trick the other day? Yes, and I absolutely love it. Um, 
I was I wasn't paying attention to Bobby Ryan recently because he just injured and he for a long time and he just came back. Or was um, he like, so so right? here's what happened with Bobby Ryan. It's actually a very it's kind of a somber story, but with the hat trick it's a good ending. So he was admitted. Uh, the NHLPA has a, a player assistance program, which is basically like people that struggle with like addictions or or any form of like I don't want to say like uh, problems, but like any issues that they would have that are affecting them in the game and if they want to go and get help you know the league has a program for that it's almost like when you're uh in certain workplaces how they'll have like a a program or they'll have like a policy for people that are are recovering or struggling with addiction so he was in that uh program for basically about three months uh came back for his first game since like god i don't know like october no october and uh, yeah, I'm looking on the score sheet now. I gotta figure out exactly, like, when. Um, but yeah, it was his first game since, yeah, November 16th. Or no, his, or not his first game since November 16th. It was his first home game. That was what they were saying. Um, but yeah, he played hockey basically for the first time in three months, which was hard. Uh, oh. And the fact that he scored a hat-trick at home which was great, was a good sign. And I think, like, especially, like, if this struggle, like, was one of the reasons why maybe his play declined, if he gets over it, then maybe, you know, he could go back to being Bobby Ryan, which I want to see. Like, I love Bobby Ryan. Oh, yeah. I I would love to see Bobby Ryan go back to his original form. Like, his original style of play, I would love to see that. Yeah, like, and, like, Bobby Ryan still has hands, which is great. So you can run deadline and then yeah so you can wrap up the trade deadline and then we can, we can talk about that thing that i know you you didn't want to talk about at first but we have to uh which, like oh have. yeah uh but first we'll talk about like well, who i guess was the biggest... deadline first and i'll explain yeah wrap it, yeah wrap it up we'll do the biggest we'll... biggest winner and biggest loser at the deadline so I, you'll you'll start us okay. off because i feel like you'll I know like, uh, yeah i think vegas i think vegas could be the biggest winner because i got winner Right. Um, Fair and I and I think the loser should be I think it should be the um, the wild or I'm not sure I wasn't paying attention to all of the trades I just think the wild didn't trade anybody and I don't think they really would have gotten anybody um couldn't couldn't uh do this one anyway aside from okay. but I really didn't think there was that much of a I don't That's think fair. that was as much of what the GM's going to do there. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'd say the winner for me is a two-way tie between Carolina and Edmonton. I think because Edmonton's like in- yeah. yeah, since Edmonton's injuries kind of like faltered that. I still think Tyler Ennis could do what Andreas Athanasiu could do and like slot into that top line. Um, not be like amazing, but he would be serviceable because he's got the foot speed. Uh, and then Carolina getting Brady Shea and Vinny Trocek for not, not and, and Sammy Botman too for not a whole lot. Oh, yeah. like that's a that's a good deal. Uh, the losers, I was going to go with the San Jose Sharks because they did not trade Joe Thornton. Yeah, but, yeah. But they're going to be the losers at the draft. To me, oh, the yeah. biggest loser on the trade deadline on trade deadline day is not the Leafs, it's not the Sharks. Not the Blues, the reigning Stanley Cup champions. It's the Arizona Coyotes. 
Reason why it's the Arizona Coyotes, they made, within the span of three months, they made two trades. First trade was for Taylor Hall. Second trade was Marcus Hanekainen for a conditional seventh. For a team that is struggling to put the puck in the back of the net. Like, I'm not even, like, trying to make that up. Like, they, this team can't score. And their biggest issue was goal scoring. Okay, you go and get Taylor Hall. Good start. What else? Like, this team's been inconsistent for a while. Like, they only have 182 goals to their name. You look at their roster, I think that team deserves to score more. Yeah. But, yeah. Especially with, I, like, yeah, with, uh, yeah, Chewy Chin and, um, what's the, what was that, a prospect? Yeah, um, I think yeah. with with this, like, okay, like, you look at their roster, and, like, okay, you got Phil Kessel, you got Clayton Keller. Oh, Clayton Keller. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Grabner. Uh, do they have Michael Grabner? Yeah, they, they have Phil Grabner. Grabner. Uh, Nick Schmaltz. Okay. Like I mentioned, Taylor Hall. Uh, Barrett Hayton. Christian Fisher. Connor Garland is, I think, their leading goal scorer. And he makes $775,000. Yeah, he makes like under under a million, and he's got 22 goals, which is their team leading in goals. Like that's not good enough. Like I know you have Darcy Kemper, I know you have Auntie Ranta. Your goaltending's fine. Your defense is okay. Not recently, but it's been okay. Like you lost your playoff spot because you didn't had. Yeah. Like John Chaika is supposed to be the the GM of the future. I think he took a step back. And I know, like, you can't always make a deal on deadline day, but, like, really, those two deals? Like, did you just see Taylor Hall and, like, okay, that's it. That's yeah. all we're going to do. But I don't know. Yeah. That that was a question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, just to wrap up hockey, uh, it was fun. But now we got spring training baseball, which is great because I oh, love wait, spring We've got to talk about – Oh, we've do, we, do we really want to mention that? Do we really want to mention David Ayers? Okay, we I mentioned mean, uh, okay, it's been a week. I can talk about it now because, A, it's been a week. B, it's fun because, you know, of course it is. Of course it happens to my team, which is the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, which in reality that team should have blown the pants off of uh, of Carolina, at least making it a close game, for God's sake. I'm surprised that John Tavares so nobody else did a thing. I mean, yeah. okay. You, you could have just shot it on net. You could have shot it like top corner and he wouldn't have got it. Or shot it five times. Impre- yeah, you have to admit, it, this was an impressive um, feat for the guy, the David Aries, because he was not only your Zamboni driver, your Zamboni driver to begin with. And I'm really surprised that Carolina did not bring anybody else up if they had um, two. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Two, uh, what? what? Yeah, what that is, is it's basically, like, the way that the league has emergency goalie policies, like, they don't have this put in. So, basically, what it is, is if, say, the Leafs lost Anderson and they lost Campbell, then Ayers would have been a net for us. So, it would have gone the same both ways. Now, what I would propose the league to do, which I doubt they will because this league is not making money, is you extend the roster size from 23 to 24, 25, 
have teams carry yeah. three goalies on primarily road trips because I know some teams are close to their AHL officiates. Actually, no, I would say in general, just have them ready. Roll with three goalies. Like, I don't care if one makes like $600,000 and is your AHL affiliate. Like, you could, like, the AHL is proven you could sign guys for, yeah. to be specifically to AHL contracts. So, if yeah. that can be the case, then I would do that. Because that way, you're giving the teams a fair chance to win because you have at least professional goalies playing. Um, you have, you know, you can hold more players on your roster. Uh, but obviously, that would have to be with the cap. And if the cap doesn't go up, you can't really do that. Um, and I know the CBA is up in a year or two. Um, and I know that they're trying to renegotiate that. This has to be something that they talk about. Because, yeah. like, as fun as it was, well, like, okay, fun for other fans in the moment. Me, it took, like, another week to be fun. Um, I mean, I don't know. You and, you and Steve Dangle. Oh, That's Steve a... Steve got vi- went viral because of that. Like, good on him. He oh, yeah. Vi- he's, what, yeah, he's just he's screaming at the top of his lungs, just. Just at the top of his lungs, what like what happened was just I didn't even know it was that viral until I started watching it, and then I'm like, okay, I get, I get it. Yeah, the fact that it it was it was his most viewed video, and what was funny was um, for those of you who are fans of Steve or not, um, he had a book or he has a book, not had a book, um, and he did a a book signing today in Waterloo. And somebody bought a, I guess, a children's story. I don't know if it was like a Robert Munch book or something. Um, and it had, it was basically like a Zamboni driver. It was like a like a picture book with a Zamboni driver. He actually signed it. And I think he drew the Leafs logo on the side of it, which was hilarious. Because I'm like, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the whole like backlash of that, like the guy got to go on Stephen Colbert, which was funny. Yeah, um, I think, didn't he go on Jimmy Fallon, I think? I don't know if he went on Jimmy Fallon. I know he went on Stephen Colbert. Um, I don't know if he went on Jimmy Fallon. It was something like that. Um, but yeah, David Ayers, God love him. You know, he got his moment. I think he should get a statue because he's amazing. Or at least like get like a plaque of honor from like probably Toronto because why not? Or no, even Carolina because he got recognized in Carolina even though he doesn't even work for them. Um... But yeah, that's yeah. He that's went on, yeah, he went on uh, the day show. He just went on the day show five days ago. Oh, he did. There. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I he went on the day show. Yeah, yeah that. that's pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, that's pretty. Uh, I'd say it's pretty big. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say it's awesome. Um, so I guess we'll we'll segue. We move, we'll talk we baseball move over the, for yeah. Yeah, we'll talk baseball for a bit. There, yeah. there isn't that much news. Um, Garrett Cole made his first uh, spring training start today, which you could go on about. Yeah. Um, actually, this is his second, not his not his. Oh, first. second. Oh, okay. I thought it was his first. My bad. Yeah, because he played a couple. Like he played, I think, a week ago, but they didn't show it. But he he's doing a great job so far, especially with how he's pitching. And he gave up two hits, but what he? I mean, that's something. That's something he can learn about. I feel like something he can prepare for the future. Um. He's been doing a great job. He's been striking, striking out a lot of people. He does reach 98 miles per hour, which is great because I feel like that's going to be a big, a big um, issue for other teams when they play against Jericho. And um, 
I just recently bought my tickets to Baltimore. Now I'm hoping that Garrett Cole puts it there, and I think he will. Um, if he doesn't, hey, I still get to go check out Camden Yards for the first time. But either way, he'll probably start. Um, yeah, he'll probably two times start. But uh, the, the week of how injuries, the the injury bug is back. That's all I can say about that. Yeah. Luis Severino, for those for those who don't know, yeah, for those who don't know, Luis Severino had his test recently back after his forearm injury and he needs Tommy John surgery and it's really, really frustrating because this guy who's been such an amazing pitcher, he was reduced to three games last season because apparently he had that injury. Uh, he had to now has to sit out the entire year and maybe next year or maybe until the next uh, June of next year just uh, just to pitch again and it's really frustrating. But not only that, um, Stan has a calf strain, which could potentially make him miss opening day. <sighs> but it, it's not really that much big of a deal anyway, because Stan usually gets injured a lot. And I think they just said today about Judge, which um, they said they were going to try to get him back in the batting cages, but his injury, we don't, he said he might have more tests on his shoulder, which I don't know oh, what kind of surgery they need for him. But, yeah, the injury bug is just everywhere now, and I feel like it's going to happen. I feel like it's just going to try to test us again and make us try to make us win the A at least. Yeah, I think, like, with the Yankees, they've been, like, kind of cursed with the injury bug. And also, like, in Major League Baseball, like, everyone's getting hurt, and, like, the season hasn't even started. Like, Chris Sale, I don't think, is going to be ready for opening day, which sucks. Yeah, I'm Um, trying to think of, like, who else... I don't know if there's any, like, other significant injuries. I know some people are probably, like, battling, like, day-to-day stuff, like back soreness or the flu, yeah. um, which is fair. You know, that those are not – those my, are no joke. My favorite uh, pieces of the news so far is how many times um, teams have actually hit the Astros. Just, that's my favorite thing about injuries. Yeah. So What's funny is that some of those pitches really aren't, like, intended. Some of them are off-speed. Like, some of them are just change-ups that just get yeah. away – from them. Like, I get what the other teams mean. Like, hey, they're getting flunked. Like, it's funny. Some of them really aren't intended, which is even more hilarious because it's like, hey, you know, you deserve it, but we're not necessarily trying. Like, I guarantee you, like, yeah. teams that play them this year, like, I, like the Dodgers unfortunately don't because that's oh, – I feel, I yeah. feel like – We're feel playing like them in like September, baseball. and I actually yeah. – yeah, we're playing them in September, and I actually heard an, a, not a news not a news story, but an article that says maybe they should bring in the SWAT team in case of things might get dangerous between uh, the fans and the Astros. Oh, they are playing them in September? Yeah, Yankees are playing the Astros in September in the Bronx. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, like, Dodgers and, and Astros, because, like, I don't think they've oh, they no, no, no. I was talking about, talk about the Yankees. Oh, no, about... that that's going to be bad. But I think, like, like the Dodgers... What really, like, I wonder is, like, have they played the Dodgers ever since 2017, like, in the World Series? Uh, like, I, I really want to know that. I feel like they haven't. And I feel I like it's also, like, it's all really good. Like, if, if anyone's listening and they could search that up. I know Luke's searching it up right now. But, like, I'm really curious about that. Because then Rob Manfred is just as culpable. Because then he could say... Um, they actually did play them uh, in 2018, like, oh, okay. August 4th and 5th. Yeah, like, oh, okay. they put them all in L.A. in 2018, so, yeah. Oh, okay, never mind. I thought it was like they 
they last played since 2017, and then they weren't uh, on yeah. the schedule because of that. Uh, I mean, obviously, maybe since they didn't play them in 2019, maybe that was the case. I'm wondering if teams... I feel like owners like will at least complain about their schedules. Especially if they're struggling, they'll definitely complain yeah. to... Uh, to like the commissioner and be like, hey, the schedule's unfair. Oh uh, yeah. No I do not whatever. like I still I don't know I do not like uh Bob Manfred. He is not doing anything good about the MLB yeah, at all. So who do he was he is uh, the, not the greatest not the greatest commissioner of all time and I also heard he was gonna try to make a new pick off rule uh recently. Yeah. Like Rob Manfred yeah. like I don't know what he's thinking, but, like, he needs to stop. Because, like, we already have Roger Goodell, oh, yeah. like, basically, like, kind of running I think football. in credit to Roger Goodell, at least some of the decisions actually make sense. But yeah, some of his decisions Netflix, make sense, but he's, he's uh, a sleazy no, businessman. Netflix, no decision at all makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah, I don't know who was before Manfred, but I think, I think realistically... Oh. I don't know if Man- if Manfred keeps going on the pace that he's going. I don't know if he's going to be in the league that long, because I feel like you know so many people, like players specifically, are not going to like what he does, and like it's really it's really and also like can we have a commissioner that can put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame for God's sake? Like I'm going to go ahead and throw that to our viewers as well. In addition to our serial polls, which you guys are all participating in thank you very much oh, it, it was uh, it was uh, but it was but yeah so i, I want to address the question i'm going to throw it out there does pete rose deserve to be in the hall of fame and i agree yeah i agree he did break, yeah. break the rules yeah i feel like he should he did break the but rules then, are people gonna, yeah but are people going to make the argument then um then uh bonds should be in Bond, yeah, Bond should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, so it's the argument for... Fire should be in the and what's really sad is that... There's a lot of controversy between all the other players. Yeah, and if these Astro players... I mean, it's like, I don't mean to like pump their tires, but they're still going to be good players, I think, in my mind. I mean, Because no, they, yeah. were, they, they were still elite players like in 2016 when they were... Or 2015 when they last made the playoffs. Yeah. If they were still elites, like I think that there's st- like what worries me is that they're still going to go on the Hall of Fame. Like, tell me that Jose Altuve, when his career is done, despite cheating or not, tell me that he's not going to go on the Hall of Fame. They'll probably put him there, and then that's going to lead yeah, to but, a huge argument. Oh yeah, definitely, especially when yeah, people are going to say, hey, yeah, like. And and the thing with me, like the thing with Pete Rose, like we won't stay on it for too long. But like, I want Pete Rose to go into the like if Pete Rose goes in the Hall of Fame while he's still alive, I want that. I don't want him to go in the Hall of Fame finally when he's dead, because like yeah. what, what what did he gonna say at the Hall of Fame speech? Like oh it took me forever, now I'm here. Like that that's true. It took him forever. Now he's here. Like he's not gonna slam Major League Baseball. He's gonna say thank you. He's gonna be an ambassador to your game. And I know betting is wrong. Well, at the time it was illegal, even though betting is more – well, you can't bet while you're managing, obviously, because it goes against the CBA. But, like, it's been – he's been banned since, like, what, the 80s? Like, when was Pete Rose banned from baseball? 
And I know that's I know that sounds like a very um, horrible question to ask for me being a baseball fan, but like, you know, I just still believe that people. Like, uh, I think it was August twenty third, nineteen eighty nine. Okay, so the end of the nineties. Like, like the guy's seventy eight years old. How much longer does he have? Like, just put him in, shut everybody up. And, you know, while you're at it, screw it. Put in Barry Bonds. Put in Roger Clemens. Who cares? Well, because put in, at the end of the day... Yeah, put in uh, Sammy Sosa and Michael Guire. Yeah, put those guys in. Because, you know, at the end of the day, the numbers don't lie. Whether they had enhancements or not, the numbers are there. And, like, yeah. it's... And I, I hate to, to talk, like, to go on a segue. But, you know, it's almost like people who do like even if they do bad things they're still gonna get condemned or like not condemned they're still gonna get like praised yeah. for their achievements like look at uh oh, yeah. like like one of the key examples babe ruth one of the best players to ever play oh. ba- baseball in in, yep. in the world he was a horrible human being for what many people say he was a womanizer he drank he ate like shit he literally did what he wanted because he knew he, how great he was and we go out and we, you know, praise him for the baseball player that he was. But in real life, he was a piece of shit. And, you know, we I still – and, and the Baseball Hall of Fame is – he was probably the inaugural member. At the end of the day, he's still a baseball player. You can't really deny it. I still hate Jose Altieri to what he did to us. But I still appreciate him as a player because at least he's doing it not just to us. He's doing it – He's hitting off of other teams, and he's doing all these stuff. Like, and I don't hate. And I said the same thing to Vic, uh, David Ortiz, Mando Ramirez. Like every Red Sox player, I I hated when they did it against us, but I appreciate them as a whole baseball fan. Like, and like going back to like the whole cheating thing, this is just my own personal opinion. I think those who are charged or accused of sexual or not sexual uh, assault, uh, domestic assault, sexual assault too, obviously. I'm not going to downgrade that because they're both equally, like, horrible crimes. But those who are even accused of that should not be in the Hall of Fame. Like, I'm going to be honest, Roberto Osuna, great closer, loved him when he was in Toronto. After that that, uh, arrest happened, I don't want him in the Hall of Fame. I don't. What about um, Domingo? If Domingo Human and Aroldo Shaman, I know – it's well, Domingo Herman, Domingo Herman, it's too early to tell because he's what, 25? What about all those? What about Aroldis Chapman? Do you think that's too early? That one, that one's a hard one because with Aroldis Chapman, he's gonna go down as one of the hardest throwing relievers and pitchers in baseball because he could hit over 100 miles per yeah. hour, and he's his numbers are there, but still, like, you know, the stuff with him, like people forget about it, but like those charges were serious. Like, it was bad. And, like, I understand, like, you know, people are going to say, oh, people make mistakes, people change or whatever. For, for Osuna, and I hate to keep going back to it because he's with the Astros, but I still think getting Osuna was the start of the Astros' PR nightmare. Um, yeah, but like, and, that's I why, don't, and that's why you never say, we we blinking God Osuna, we blinking God Osuna. You never say, you really don't say Yeah, that. you don't go out and say that. That's right, but, like, yeah, yeah, you and, don't and we'll say really, that. Like, I think I mentioned this on one of the other episodes. Um, I was talking with Cole about it. Like, Osuna, like, you know, they got him. They basically said, like, you know, we don't 
we don't agree with what he did, but, you know, he's still a good baseball player. Just regarding human life and, like, how much advocates they are for, you know, those who are against domestic violence, a.k.a. Justin Verlander, who at the time was their ace when they won the World Series. Yeah. Like, that, yeah. that, that to me is still, like, I, I don't, I can't get over that. Like, especially because it happened in Toronto. Like, you barely hear of stuff that happens. Like, I'm not trying to call Toronto, like, a, a squeaky clean town or city. But, like, you don't really hear stuff like that. Like, the last one was, like, okay, Chris Colabello tested positive for PEDs, which was a shame because I loved Chris Colabello. But, like, that was, like, the extent that it got. Like, we, like okay, the Leafs, whenever the Leafs were in the news, it was because... It was the team. It wasn't an individual player. You know, whenever the Raptors were in the news, it was because of Kawhi. And it was because of how good Kawhi was and how good the team was. Yep. Osuna was the one that, like, shed negative light on sport. And I think with as much flack as Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro get for what they've done, which I'll talk about them a little more in a second, but they did the right call. I don't want that guy pitching anymore. Because I don't want that guy pitching anymore for the integrity of baseball, like for our club, for the toxicity of it in my clubhouse. And I don't want it in, you know, and it's also a safety hazard because you saw, like, you're a baseball fan. You saw game five of the ALDS and, and even the wild card game uh, in 2016, like in 15 and 16. Well, no, I, yeah, I did, no, I did I did see the highlight of... Uh, yeah, like you saw the highlights. Uh, people were throwing that, beer and stuff the, on the con- field. Was that... Yeah, in Connacht. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh, that play. I thought you were talking about in Connacht. Oh, yeah, yeah. Much, like, says. Yeah. Yeah, like stuff like that. And and to me, you know, imagine that, but say people, people throwing baseballs on the field. Like, I think there was an incident of that, like, way, like okay. a long, long time. Yeah, like people got like no. give away baseballs. The I think Bay- it was the Dodgers. Oh wait, I, I think it was no, it was um the Brewers and I forgot what would happen, but the Brewers fans started throwing baseballs onto the field and they had to get the uh, manager. Oh no no, I, I think that was golf. That was golf balls, I think. Um, but there oh, was, was oh thank you thank you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there was a minor league baseball no, wait, game. No, wasn't that Montreal? But wait, wasn't that Montreal? I thought. Oh yeah, I, I think Montreal. I, yeah, I think Montreal. it was both. Like, Montreal was playing Florida, and fans threw golf balls on the field because they were upset at the Expos. Because they were upset at the Expos. And then, like, the announcer had to come in and say, will you stop throwing golf balls on the field? Yeah, you're right. I remember that. Yeah. But, like, going back to, like, the the Blue Jays incident, like, do you really want people throwing, like, baseballs and beer and other stuff on the field? Like, unless it's hats, which is innocent, I don't throw anything on the field. And... With Osuna, I have a certain, yeah. I have yeah, a like, certain uh, thing that I have a certain idea for for all ballparks in the future since the Astros did cheat. Have a national, have a ballpark trash can day whenever the Astros come to town, and have the fans bang on the trash cans just to get the Astros all riled up. I know it may be distracting, but it, they deserve it. I feel like if you just do that, it deserves it. I think so, but, like, I think, like, people are just going to, like, forget about, like, not forget about it, but, like, they won't, if they keep going on and, like, being petty about this, like, some teams are just going to go about their business. Like, the teams that didn't make the postseason, they couldn't care less. They'll probably go about their business. Like, the like the Jays didn't play the Astros in the postseason. They don't care. Like, other teams, White Sox, Marlins, Orioles, um, Ray, okay, Rays, 
beat Rays could have beaten them in that series. I think it's I'm surprised that yeah, but it didn't be cold. Yeah, I'm surprised that the the Tampa Bay Rays were not more vocal about uh, the scandal because they played them in Game Five or in five games so and they could have beat I them. They were probably they were probably too distracted on trying to win in order to point anything out because. Let's be honest. In 2017, the Yankees should have won the ALCS, even with the Astros cheating or whatnot. They really, I think they should have really done that if they just didn't. If they, look, you think that the Yankees would have won the ALCS against the Astros in 2017 if um, they they weren't if they weren't if the Astros weren't cheating at the time? It's hard to tell because like if the game is being played fairly, then it's obviously 50-50. You don't know. You know who's gonna win and who's gonna lose, and obviously the Astros probably bent that to be more 60-40 or 70-30, whatever the the statistics would be. But I agree. I think definitely there's a lot to discuss with um, you know the whole entire you know integrity of the game and the whole predictability of the outcome. You know, I think could the Yankees have won that series? Absolutely, and it really kind of you know. I hate kind of talking about what ifs because in sport we shouldn't always talk about what if because we should talk about when because we want our teams to win when we want them to win. And, you know, yeah, like the World Series is like for them is tainted. And Major League Baseball doesn't want to – the MLB doesn't want to take it away because they don't want to hear about it. Yeah, Yeah, they don't want to hear about it 10 years, 50 years down the road. Yeah. And, like, to me, I think personally, like, looking at the the MLB as a whole, what they should do, okay, what they should do but they won't do is, like, what's funny is that every single person that has left the organization except for, like, maybe Dallas Keuchel, like, they haven't, like, they've talked about it and they've said, like, you know, hey, I feel bad about it. Like, Ken Giles talked about it. He said, like, I'll give my ring back if that's what it takes. Like, that's good on him. And, like, Derek Fisher, like, I think I mentioned it, like, last show two weeks ago. But, like, he owned up to it. He's like, we're adults. I was 23. And, like, when you're a rookie, like, what are you going to do in that situation? Like, are you just going to, you know, I want to stay in the big leagues. I'm going to continue to do this. Like, it's still, like, I find it, I I know a lot of people want us to shut up about it because – Every single baseball outlet and every single news outlet has discussed it, but like this is a big deal. And like the Red Sox, like did the Red Sox investigation end? Because I thought that they were going to come with a ruling about it. I I I think the only thing they just did, uh, the only thing they did was just find the manager, and that's it. I don't think they're really looking at it further because if there was, there would have been multiple more news about that, and they and they would have said the same thing to the Mets, but I don't think that would have been the case. Because I think they're just focusing on the Astros. I think that's really what they're all just trying to do at this point. I don't think they should yeah. really focus on the best option. Met. Yeah. Also, like, if the Astros, like, lost, like, no one wouldn't have made as big of a stink about it. But since they won, yeah. I think the most hated man yeah. in Houston right now, like, for that organization, if they play them again, if they play the Nationals again, they might beat Howie Kendrick. Because they're going to say, screw you. You hit oh, that home run. Yeah. And we spiraled out of control um but uh yeah yeah, that's uh that's that's gonna be something for for another day i guess like 
on the topic of baseball, talking about my Jays, since Joey isn't here, I got to shoulder the Toronto load. Uh, since Cole isn't here, we can't really talk about Detroit teams, but sorry, they're not going to be that that good. They're not really doing much. But yeah. did you hear about Garth Brooks wearing a Barry Sanders, uh, like a Sanders uh, jersey or whatever, and people it started making a controversy on that online? Yeah, Barry Sanders instead of ben, instead of Bernie. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like some people were saying, like, vote Barry Sanders instead. Like, that was kind of funny. We'll mention it with Cole yeah. uh, when he's back, hopefully next week. Yeah, uh, next, um, yeah we'll mention it Cole in the next show. Yeah, next show when we would do. Um, but going back to baseball for quickly, like, going back to, like, my like what Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro have done for the Jays, I honestly think that they – I don't want to say they've earned my trust because I still think that they they're, they're still – a long ways to go and how they manage this young core is how it'll, uh, oh, excuse me. how they'll, you know, really gauge my trust. But I think they have the young core. They did some great adding. They have some more prospects in the system. If they can be what the Rays are right now, but spend where it counts down the line, because this team can spend money. You know, they're not okay. They're not the Yankees. They're not the Dodgers. They're not the Red Sox. But they're a middle of the pack team. Like they're a team. I'm trying to think of a team that's like a middle, like like um like the White Sox. Yeah, kind of like the White Sox, the Cubs. Well, the Cubs are kind of a, a big league team. The like the, the Diamondbacks. Yeah, like the Diamondbacks, the White Sox. Um, I'll go ahead and throw the um, who was the other team I was thinking of. Uh, I'll throw the Texas Rangers in there as well because they're a pretty big market as well. Um, Seattle, they spend money when they're when they're good. Um, yeah. But you know, I think this team has the capacity to go out and be like, oh, excuse me, uh, they could be like, God, why am I yawning? Uh, but they could be like the Braves. Uh, like two years ago, when like they weren't expected to be super oh, duper yeah. good, but then they were really good. I I feel like they have the capacity to do that. Like if they're pitching, like let's be honest, like Hinjin Ryu is not going to pitch a full season. He's going to have some time off. He's going to have some load management, which is fine, because if I'm not expecting to make the postseason anyway, I want to see other people. But with that in mind. Nate Pearson is going to make his big league debut sooner rather than later. And this kid is special because this kid can hit 100 on the gun as a starter, 100 plus on the gun. I think he hit 104 the other day. And he struck out the side, ironically, against the Yankees. Like, I think this kid's going to be something, like, very, very special. Like, I don't want to go ahead and call him, like, say, a, a Steven Strasburg or Max Scherzer, anyone like that. But yeah. I, I, a closest comparable to him right now, and this isn't a bad one because I'd say they're both going to be pretty darn good, Lucas Giolito with the White Sox. I think that, you know, that's a good comparable. Like, I don't know if you would agree or not, but, like, they're both young. They're both growing. They're both, I think, going to be aces of their teams down the line. I don't want to go and say, like, you know uh, – yeah, I gotta want to say like top five pitchers in baseball, I think, but I'd yeah. say top top fifteen, top twenty down the line. 
Because obviously some players yeah, are going to um, get older. Yeah. Yankees like, do have a prospect I want to see come up. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Actually, yeah. We do have a prospect I want to see come up, and it's Debbie Garcia because he is such a good pitcher. Um, and I feel like, I don't know if he's ready or not yet, but I would love to see him come up sometime soon because we still have, we still need a fifth starter. And I don't know if the Yankees are going to trade for one or they're going to bring up one of the prospects. I'm just, which I want to see happen because I know we're going to use Montgomery, but I feel like the Yankees should maybe think about maybe bringing up one of the prospects like Garcia uh, to give an idea on how like the future roster should be. Yeah, and I think, like, right now, like, if they see something that they like, especially with the injuries to Severino and Paxton, like, maybe he comes in and steals his spot. I forgot about Paxton, yeah. Uh, I forgot about Paxton. Paxton me. Yeah, but I feel like, like he would be back in June. And... I mean, yeah, but, you know, I think it's also, like, a test to your, your depth, especially with an injury that big. Like, I think, especially looking at, like, with the, the – I would say with the Jays and the Yankees – um, their pitching depth is actually better, I would say, than both. Yeah. both. It's better both, than the Rays, because I know the Rays might both. stick there to oh, their, yeah. um, their opener strategy. Uh, it's definitely better than the Orioles. Yeah. That goes without saying. Definitely and it's oh, better by than... a mile. It's by a mile. Yeah, well, and it's better than the Yeah, I would say so, because, like, okay, you have Chris Sale. Great. Who else do you have? Okay, you have Eduardo Rodriguez, who's a good lefty. Okay, who else? You got rid of David Price. You have Nathan Eovaldi, who is not horrible, but he's not been great. And, like, the rest is, like, what, Martin Perez? Like, that's not – like, okay, he could obviously come out of nowhere and have a 20-win season, but, like, I just don't necessarily see much happening. Like, I don't know. Like, it's it's really hard to gauge – but like I don't think the Red, like I think the Red Sox are still going to be good. Like Verdugo is going to be a great player, even though I read oh, oh, he was yeah. out, he was yeah. out until like I think May. So you're down him the first month, but still I think they're they're going to be pretty good. But when it comes to pitching, like the Jays have proven they can hit off Chris Sale, and they can hit off of their other pitchers. They hit off David Price, and that was when they weren't necessarily good. Like I'm curious to see what they're going to do when they're at full strength with, you know full seasons of Bichette and Biggio and Guerrero and whatnot and the rest of them. But, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, yeah. And, like, going back really to... Hoping has this season, has this first season as one of the best seasons of his career. Because I know it's going to be for a while unless he decides to opt out of his fifth year. But it's going to be really interesting to see how good of a pitcher Cole is going to be. Come, I think um, he might have a better year than he did last year. Like, there's, there's definitely some possibilities that he won't be better. I heard, yeah, but I heard an article, um, I saw an article uh, earlier this week about, I think, I forgot which player it was, but he was trying to ride him out or something about Garrett Cole because they said, like, he did some sort of pine toss. I forgot which player, oh, wait, was it, um, oh, Trevor Bauer. Yeah, Trevor Bauer did that um, earlier this week. Yeah, I kind of wish that Trevor Bauer was still in the AL. Like, I, I, Liked him a lot as a pitcher. Wish we ever we had him. He was a yeah, little bit of a head case, but you know that's that's either here or there. I mean, you can be a head case and still be good at your job. Yeah. Um, I'm really. I think the AF Central is going to be pretty close this year, especially with. I'm not, I'm not really sure unless if um, 
the Indians are going to Indians and Twins. That's going to be a really interesting race. Yeah, the AL Central is like the hardest. Like the AL Central or the yeah the AL Central and probably I would say the NL Central are going to be the hardest to gauge because like the, the Cardinals, Cardinals the Cardinals are the Cardinals. Like the the Cubs didn't the really Cubs, do anything. Cubs didn't do a single thing. Yeah, yeah they did literally anything. nothing. Uh, they signed Steven Souza. Great. Like oh, yippee. Yeah. Um, like the Reds the could break out. Um, you know the the Brewers, despite them losing big names, they could still be pretty good. Um, the yeah, yeah the AL Central is really. What about, what about the NL East? Yeah, what about the yeah the NL East? It's hard. Because I think the Mets won't be as bad as many people Phillies, say. I think Phillies take it. Yeah, Phillies take um the winner of that division. The Mets will play somehow third, and the Pirates will probably still be last. Pirates are in the Central. Oh, the Central? Oh, my mistake. Okay. I thought they win the the, um, East. My thinking... Wait, we have to do the East, right? Uh, The East is the Mets, the Braves, the Phillies, uh, the Nationals, and the Marlins. Okay, so it'll be Nationals, Braves, Mets, Nationals, Braves, uh, Phillies, Mets, and then Pirates down tomorrow. Yeah. I think to me, yeah. I still have the Nationals finishing first because I feel like after a team wins a championship, yeah. they reload um, and then they end up being the same, if not yeah. stronger. So I'd go them, then Braves, then Mets, then Phillies. I still think the Phillies are not great and they spent a lot of money. They picked up a lot of good. They still picked up a, a lot of good players. Didi, Goyas, even with Bryce Harper coming back, I feel like Bryce Harper can still have a, a good career year. I think they also still need to add to that bullpen, and the starting pitching is not. I'm not sold on that. Like I'm not so, like I love Aaron Nola, but like Jake Arrieta's um, been too injury prone. Um, you know Zach Wheeler, sure he's a good number two three, but besides that, what else? Um, yeah, besides that, I don't know. Uh, going back to your point about. It's do you think what's gonna who's gonna win the AO West? Do you think the Astros will take uh, first? The division um, gonna be like the the Rangers. Going going on the AL West and Central because I'll group them both together because I was gonna talk about the AL Central. Um, the AL West is hard. I think if they stay healthy and they get consistency, the Rangers have a chance at it with their new pitching core. Uh, the Astros I think are still probably gonna. I'd still think the Astros will probably take it even though they're definitely depleted. Um, I'd probably put the Rangers as a close second because of the pitching, again, that they added in the offseason. If they get, like, say, you know, 75% of what Corey Kluber was, um, then that would be good enough. Um, I have the A's at at three because they're not good, nor are they bad. They're just kind of in the middle. Uh, I have the... uh, Angels or Seattle? Uh, the Angels would be fourth. Yeah, Angels and then Seattle. Yeah. Like, Angels yeah, are still... Yeah. They have big bats, but like I don't know if the pitching can carry them. Even with Rendon, even with Rendon and Chow, they still have no pitching whatsoever. Yeah, I think they really needed to... I think if, if, if I had to pick, if I had to go back and, and redo the moves, I'd pick Strasburg over Rendon. But what's done is done. Um... So because the Angels were still going after Cole at the time, and if even if the Yankees didn't, if, if the Yankees didn't get him, I think the Angels would have gotten him. 
Yeah, but there's no way they would have gotten. I don't know if they would have gotten both of uh, Strasburg and Rendon. No, but I I definitely felt that the Angels would have gotten Cole, and then maybe someone else would have gotten Rendon. Yeah, I I'd agree with that. Um, thinking of trying to think about what else to. Uh, I would do the AL Central, and then I guess like. Yeah. Talk, well, we'll do the we'll do the AL Central, AL West, or NL West, and then I guess that's uh, I guess that's all we can really talk about. There really isn't that much else. Um, so AL Central, I'd go bottom would be the Royals because they're still Detroit. Oh, Detroit! I forgot about Detroit. wow. Okay, I I think the Royals will do worse than the Tigers because actually really think because so. I think the Tigers will have some players that will come up and be better. Like Matt Boyd is still pretty good, uh, pretty solid pitcher. Yeah. Um, so he did do fine today, actually. So maybe you about that. Yeah. And like, da- uh, like Daniel Norris, I'm hoping turns a corner. Michael Fulmer will be back. I'm assuming because he had Tommy John surgery, I think in 2018. Um, so there's that, that I would see. Uh, and they also added a little more. So I would go Royals, Tigers, um, White, White Sox? That, or Indians? Then I would go... White, I think Cleveland Indian, would go three. Yeah. Cleveland three, and then White, White Sox, Sox two, yeah. Minnesota one. And then Twins one. Yeah, Twins would obviously win. Because they just got Josh Donaldson now. Yeah, exactly. Like, if, the, if they didn't have Donaldson, I would have said the White Sox would contend for first. But since they have Donaldson, yeah. I think it's it's still going to be. But then again, Donaldson is very injury prone, at least from his time in Toronto, because he's had some yeah. calf injuries uh, that have bothered him. But if he's 100% and he's been 100% the last uh, season and a half, so you know maybe he's maybe he's good and he might be. Uh, and then NL West, I guess because we touched on, we'll touch on that because we touched on everything else. I so, go. Or you can go first. Padres. The Padres are last. Yeah, Padres will go last definitely. Or do you think maybe the um, Rockies will go last? I was going to put the Giants last. I mean, okay, I, I, I do understand. Cause I don't think they really made any. They traded away Bumgarner. Uh, oh, yeah, they traded away Bumgarner. So, yeah, they, they lost Bumgarner, and they brought back Hunter Pence for some reason. I don't know why. So, yeah, last. And then do you have the Padres, I think, fourth. And then the Rockies. Actually, no. Rockies fourth, Padres three, and then you have Arizona two and and Dodgers one. Okay, well I can't go now because you that was my order like perfectly from four to exact, from four. like really exact. Yeah, literally exactly. Okay. Like once well, you switch, well you can just say you agree. Yeah. Colorado's weird. Like I'm wondering if they trade Arenado this year. But he's pissed. Uh, I um, really I I mean okay. But the thing is that where would Arenado go? It's exactly the question because wouldn't be uh, who needs a third baseman? Am I right? Or yeah, third baseman. Who need... All right, for Colorado, I don't know. I feel like you would have to get a third baseman back. Uh, it's hard to say. No, like, no I, mean, I was saying, I was asking where would where would Arenado go? Oh, where would he go? Um, yeah. Wait, as far as where he would fit. I would love to see him in a Cardinals uniform, but then again, that would be too unfair. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that would be unfair. Like a Cardinal. Do you think that maybe? Let's see. Anybody in the AL? You know, I say White Sox. Maybe the White Sox can go out there and not because I feel like 
they're still looking for the one piece. I'm not sure about the third baseman scenario because they think they have wait two minutes of the third baseman. Wait. I think no. I think it's their shortstop. Moncada's their third baseman. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They should go after. They should go after. Yeah. They should go after. Uh, White Sox should go after Nolan Leonardo because that might be interesting. I'm gonna say the Atlanta Braves. I think the Braves have a big yeah, hole. But do you think would, would that be fair to the NL because the Braves have been making a lot of great, a lot of good moves? I think. Yeah, right? and they have so, a lot of really, really good prospects. Like I know the starting third baseman is either going to be either Austin Riley or Johan Camargo, but if one of those two falter, then I would say you know screw it, why not go get Nolan Arenado and go all in? Like you guys. Underachieve. Like, okay, first year you're playing with house money. Last year you had that horrible, horrible game five. This year, why, why not go and make a splash? And then, like, okay, looking at this, like, le- let me tell you this one to five, and then you'll tell me how unfair. Or, yeah, I'll tell you how unfair this lineup is going to be. You have Ronald yeah. Acuna leading off. You have Ozzy Albies hitting second. You have Marcelo Zuna hitting third. You have have um or no sorry let me rephrase that Ronald Acuna would go first they don't have Freddie Freeman heading second Marcelo Zuna hitting third Nolan Arenado in the cleanup spot at number four if you somehow get it then you have Ozzy Albies at five Nick Markakis at six you have you know who, who's who's their shortstop uh, Dansby Swanson at seven um I'm trying to think of who I'm forgetting um Tyler, uh, Tyler Flowers would be your number eight spot, and then nine would be your pitcher. Like, one to seven would just be would just unbelievable. Be that would literally win any game because you have Freeman who can hit for yard. You know, Freeman who can go yard. Ozuna who could go yard. Aaron Arnold that could do both. Yeah, yeah. And who could yeah. do well in the I still say that's a strong four for me at best because – Forefront finish. I feel like if the they went out to get a couple moves with their seven and eight hitters, I feel like that would be a deadly lineup. I feel like if they just go out and trade a seven, uh, go go get another seven or eight, I guess they can put the seven eight spot in the lineup. That then then I would give it a five. Yeah, I think also like with uh, with looking at it this way, I think personally like. Like, I don't know. Like, just, I just picturing that that lineup. If they can somehow pull it off, like, oh my god, like that's just baseball heaven right there. And like, I think I was talking with Cole. I know like Cole said like the Cubs would be interested. If the Cubs would get them, that'd be amazing. But I still think the Braves would just be a, little, a hair closer, just because of the prospect pool is just so, um, so deep and so, uh, you know, punish, you know, able to replenish very fast. Um, I know they lost prospects because of their old GM, uh, but Alex Anthopoulos, if he knows something, he needs at least to find talent, whether they have attitude problems or not, which I guess I'll wrap up with my um, my view on uh, Atkins and Shapiro. Um, like I said before, I like what they're doing, and I didn't realize how, you know, toxic of, uh, you know, players that, you know, A-double brought in you know, like, you know, Escobar, he brought in, I think, in 2012, and that was a horrible deal because he was a gigantic nutcase. Uh, Brett Laurie uh, in, like, 2013 he, or before he brought in. Um, and, like, I he love Brett Laurie, 
I love Brett Laurie, but he was a big nutcase and he regressed hard after one really good year. Um, you know, he had Edwin Encarnacion. Well, I, I, okay, I'll, I'll get to Edwin in a minute. Um, then he had Jose Reyes, who oh, we all know has been way, he's been all over the place and he's was ironically traded out of Toronto when his uh, problems really escalated. Not to kick a man while he's down, but yeesh. Uh, and then, God love him, but Bautista, Jose Bautista was a gigantic diva. Like, I love the guy to death, but he he definitely did a lot of things, especially with arguing with umpires. He was very much argumentative and very hostile. Although I did love him hitting a home run after people would throw at him, which is the ultimate karma. Uh, to touch on your point about Edwin Encarnacion. Yeah, and the bat flip is one of my favorite memories that I'll have until I die. Um, Edwin winning, or, like, Edwin was quiet, mainly because, not to hate on him, but he wasn't a big English speaker. Um, but he kept to himself. He was very reserved. Did he? Did he ever do the pair thing? Did he ever do the pair thing? Like, what he did with us last year? Oh, yeah, he always did the pair. That was his go-to. The parrot was his uh, his trademark. Okay, okay. Right, okay. We, that, so, so, yeah. yeah, so yeah, yeah, okay. So so it wasn't just so it wasn't just us. Okay, good. No, no, no. It was it was a big it was a long time thing. Um, Donaldson okay. and Tulowitzki, okay. I think, were also very toxic. Um, yeah. You know, Tulowitzki yeah. was a very um, you know, he was. It's a very unfortunate circumstances, but you know, he was a very he was a very heart and soul type player, and I know I get his idea of I want to stay here and I want to play while I'm still healthy, but like body's breaking down on you dude like you know you got to realize that you know the game's going to go on without you and i know maybe he was having a hard time accepting that because of his past uh success but i i I feel bad for him but he also had like a lot of uh like anger and uh i guess like a lot of things that went wrong but i don't know i still liked him when he was in a uh, jay's uniform loved him when he was in a rocky's uniform uh and then with uh, with Donaldson, uh, I don't think he got along well with with John Gibbons, but you know you don't always get along with your boss. But what I love with with Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro, what they've done is they, you know they they want to build a roster that's you know fans can love that you know yeah. they're they're good off the field. Like Bo Bichette's look like he's my favorite Jay now because he said that every Christmas every holiday. Vlad Jr. Yeah, I think so. Because, like, Bobochet said that he would feed homeless people, like, during holidays. Like, he would just, like, go and feed the homeless. And I'm just like, dude, like, that's awesome. Like, kudos to you. You are now my favorite. Like, you know, I know many people do that. But the fact that you do that with your caliber of status, like, that's that's pretty damn big. I, I think he's probably won me over. Uh, and then Kevin Biggio, I love. Like, I know they're all quiet. And I know they're all kids. I know sometimes maybe they'll act up and do some things that are not right, but I think that they've that Shapiro and Atkins have developed a good leadership, you know, example of basically saying, you know, there's no just one person. Like, you know, we're a team. Um, you know, we're not going to go out and just, you know, say, you know, whatever works for me will work for you. Like, you know, we'll we'll be experimental. We'll be looking at where can we, you know, maybe this person will work here. Like, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. started the season as a shortstop, ended the season as a left fielder. Like, it's like you never know in, in certain scenarios. So, I don't know. I just really like the whole 
uh, flexibility of things. Also, I really, really want baseball to come back. Like the fact that I have baseball to go with hockey playoffs, please God, hopefully. Uh, I'll talk more about that hopefully another time. Yeah, please, yeah. Please, and, don't, yeah, please don't play boxing this year. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, and uh, and with Raptors going to the playoffs and hopefully going on another run, I think they will. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, without Kawhi, but without Kawhi, it might be pretty tough, especially. I mean, oh, they've been doing very well without Kawhi. I mean, okay, they lost back-to-back games against the Bucks and, and the, the Charlotte Hornets. But, I mean, the Bucks are the Bucks. They had a great second half. Do you think Giannis will be MVP this season, or do you think it will go to, like, um, like I don't know. Just I'm just naming players off the top of my head, like Luka Doncic. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, and also, uh, what's his name? Uh, Chris Middleton is a very oh, underrated ball player as well. Uh, I think that that team's really well put together. Uh, we'll talk more basketball hopefully next time with, uh, with Cole back because Cole's got obviously great takes with 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 basketball. Uh, but I think we'll wrap it up here. Obviously with yeah with two people. Unless I don't know. Do you have anything else that you want to discuss, Luke? Or I don't mean to cut I mean, you off. You watching? We watching any of the NFL draft combine uh, this week? Since I. Uh, I personally have not. Uh, I've kind of been keeping an eye on the XFL, which so far looks okay. I think they've done a lot I, better. I love, I love, I just watched the Guardians today, and thank God they got, thank God they don't have Matt McLoyne anymore QB, because he was a terrible QB. Like, from one game, he just didn't play, like, one game he played good, but then the next two, he played like total garbage. Like, he could not throw a pass, he could not, like, he couldn't even get to the series. He threw his coach under the bus one time. But and then they put in Paris this week and they won. And I'm really glad they did that because I feel like that's gonna be a big thing going forward. Having to as a QB might change the Guardians up a little bit. Yeah, I would say so. I think like with the XFL, one of the reasons why they're at least flourishing is they they have a better like corporate bonding. Better, like they have yeah. the 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 money well, they have the broadcasting yeah. rights and, and they have broadcasting revenue, which is really good. Um, they have the big and corporate actually, sponsorships. Yeah, they pay their players. They actually pay their players. They're not dealing with the AF dick, thank God. Yeah, I think with uh, with that, it was a really good, really good idea. I mean, obviously, it's still early, but and to me, like, I've kind of done, uh, like, I haven't. Like, when football season's done, I kind of, like, try and take a little bit of time to unwind because there are other things I want to look at. Um, but I think the fact that, you know, for football fanatics, the fact that they now have an alternative that has more financial backing than the AAF, like the AAF, I think that they're going to do very well. In the first few weeks, granted, they haven't been spectacular, but they've been, they've been good. And... Uh, I kind of want to see what what uh what happens yeah. if maybe they get more financial backing. Maybe we'll see some former yeah. NFL players there. I know you're not a fan of the CFL. I I know you're not a fan of that. But do you think that they're gonna maybe try again like they did in the past to bring US uh bring CFL to the USA like they did like years ago? Like broadcasting them or like players jumping but like, ship? No, like 
No, like remember when they had like teams like the last uh, like oh they had, like, like uh, an NFL team like, in in Canada or, or is what you're saying? Like the CFL, like a CFL, yeah, like a like a CFL team in the U.S. and then like yeah, like um, that. I would like to see that for a little bit, but I feel like it wouldn't have the 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 backing or the support to really kind of like go there because I feel like football is mainly a um. I don't mean to sound stereotypical or very, even though, you know, statistically football was played, um, you know, was a big attraction in Canada before obviously the Jays came in in the seventies. But, you know, football, I think is more of like become an American pastime. And I feel like if Canadians were to get involved um, or at least have a Canadian team involved. No, but, they, would, but have you ever tried watching the Great Cup? No, it would be nice. Like I like I would like the idea of like football, but I feel like it just wouldn't. I don't know if it, like I don't want to say it wouldn't work, but I feel like with the CFL, it just wouldn't be viable. Just because the CFL would be like, hey, you know, you don't need to go out and and find another league. Like we have our own, and since they're both different entities with different, you know, rules in their CBA and and whatnot, I don't know if it'll be possible. If it happens one day, it's gonna be a big topic like you know say toronto getting a basketball team and uh and a baseball team yeah but considering i'm really excited for toronto, seattle seattle team. i'm really excited for that oh yeah that, i, I want to have like a whole episode on the on the expansion uh team especially with the draft um but yeah like going back to the nfl question like i don't know if i'll see it maybe but not really i i, I think it's very unlikely but who knows i mean we, we're gonna see Baseball in Montreal again, so stranger things have happened. Oh, yeah. No uh, are you watching the March Madness this year? Like, um, uh, I am not, but uh, I know once March Madness starts, Cole is going to get very, very happy, very antsy about. Uh, and I'm sure many other listeners are. Yeah. All I know, I, I just I, know, I just know Duke and Villanova, and that's it. That's all Duke I know. is not making it past. I, many people are speculating that Duke is not making it past the first round this year because they just lost to Virginia a few, I think at least two hours ago. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. What exactly. They are not good. Especially because despite being a seventh ranked team, they are not good. Yeah, that's definitely going to be something that I, that I wonder. It's going to be very... I don't know. Like I mean, like obviously it's what the end? It's the end of March, right? I think no, no, it's the beginning. I think it's the beginning. Now. Let me see. When when is my turn to start? Now, I think March eighth is the last day before tournament. Before tournaments uh, begin to look before before they start to seed everybody. Yes, I would say. Um, yeah, I would. I would go that uh, that way. Um, yeah, I think we've hit on everything. Unless I don't know. Do you want to close out with any? Do you want to just end with the? Do you want to end with the uh, the much the cereal? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I'll quickly, uh, I'll quickly talk about the uh, the serial poll that we have. So if you follow us on Twitter at Nosebleed Takes underscore, which is our Twitter account, 
Uh, you've noticed that there have been several polls going out over the last uh, little while. Uh, basically, as we mentioned a few episodes ago, we have our serial bracket that we have going uh, currently on our Twitter account, where you guys, the viewers and listeners and even followers, even if you don't like the show, if it just pops up on your feed, uh, you can go ahead and vote on what your favorite cereal is, because we all love cereal, and if you don't love cereal, what's wrong with you? You're, you're strange. Um, so as of, once I pull this up very, very quickly, um, yeah, so we are now down uh, from the first 30, we are now down to the 60, top 16, so in the second half of the bracket. So uh, if you guys are on Twitter, you can check them out, but I'll go ahead, since we missed a week, uh, I'll go ahead and tell you guys the uh, the current ranking. So we got uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch facing Tricks. Cocoa Crisp versus Fruity Pebbles, Lucky, Lucky, Lucky Charms, <laughs> Lucky Charms versus Cocoa Puffs, uh, Honeycombs versus Fruit Loops. For a second, I thought he put. I, for a second, I thought Cole put it twice, but my eyes were just gone. Um, Cocoa Pebbles versus Frosted Flakes, not to be confused with Cocoa Puffs. I almost made that mistake. Uh, Reese's Puffs versus Honey Nut Cheerios, Apple Jacks versus Frosted Mini Wheats. And probably the weirdest matchup, Captain Crunch Berries versus just original Captain Crunch. That one's the weird one. I don't I know. Captain, yeah, Captain Crunch. I think Captain Crunch will win that one. I don't know. I feel like the berries aren't that great. As long as Frosted Flakes and uh, and Honeycombs go into the final brackets. I feel like Frosted Flakes might go to the championship, definitely. Yeah, and then I'd be happy. Um, but yeah, like I said before, you guys can go ahead and vote on our Twitter account at NosebleedTakes underscore. We have polls coming out there, out the wazoo, every day, every few days. Uh, shout out to Cole for doing that. Uh, also, if you go to that Twitter account, you will find all of our individual Twitter accounts. You go ahead and give us a follow. Uh, as well, I will post uh, uh, with this episode our poll of does... Pete Rose deserved to be in the Hall of Fame, which obviously should be yes. Um, yeah. So I believe that is it for our show. Uh, thank you for bearing with us. Obviously, next week we're hoping to have Joey and Cole back. And, yeah, that's all for me. Luke, do you have any parting words you want to say? Thanks to everyone who's been listening, and we'll see you all next time. Yeah. So uh, you guys can go ahead and take care, and I will see you all next week. Hopefully we'll get a better schedule down and uh, yeah, thank you all for listening and uh, see you all next week. Take care.